0: Welcome to Global Truth Center. That song was written by John Denver. Annie's song was written by John Denver and came out in nineteen seventy four the summer of 1974, in fact, it was number one on the charts for an entire month, I think the, probably half of June and half of July, in the summer of 1974. Um, that summer was a very difficult summer for me, because in the summer of 1974, I was, in my, uh, I was finishing my sophomore year in college. I was home, I was, well, I lived on campus, but I was in Philadelphia. And that summer was the summer my mother was losing her battle to cancer. And she passed away just two months later. So that summer when that song came out, my mother used to love to hear me sing, to play my guitar and sing. And she would ask me to sing songs for her. And when this, was, this came out and this was on the radio, she would ask me constantly from her bedroom, play Annie's song. So I would sit and play Annie's song for her. And as I was putting this talk together, I was thinking about, you know, what was that summer like for me? You know, and, and it was a very disruptive summer in my life. Uh, The challenge that she was going through, of course, went into our entire family. And I was contemplating, you know, looking at the end of her life, looking at the beginning of my life, really, going back to college in the fall, as it turned out. She passed away on the first day of my junior year of college. So I didn't get back to college for, for a few weeks in that semester. And the reason I bring all this up, there's a lyric in there, come let me love you. Come Love Me Again. And interestingly enough, John Denver wrote this song as a reaction to an argument he had with his wife of the time, Annie. And from the disruption of that argument, which apparently was an intense argument, came this amazingly beautiful song. So that leads us to believe and understand that from disruption comes good. But sometimes it takes a disruption of a sort to create this next thing. Certainly if you're going to build a new house, you need to demolish your house. I remember when we did our first renovation and they tore my house apart. And I remember standing there looking at this framework and I was just horrified that I had torn down my house because I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I did this. I wasn't happy with what I had. And then of course, a new house went up and it was spectacular. And I just went through this again. And I just went through it last week with the oak tree when they were tearing, trimming the oak tree and I was just in agita for two days waiting for this to be done. And now it's spectacularly gorgeous. So the disruption of my mother's passing away quickly moved into me realizing I didn't want to finish college. I wasn't interested in what they had to teach me in college. I wanted to move to New York and be a Broadway star. Period. End of sentence. So that disruption gave me the permission to get up and leave. My father also said, you need to go. Because if you stay here any longer, you're going to be stuck here in Philadelphia like the rest of us. And most of them have been. Luckily, not my nephew, who's here today. Um, so, So it did. So the disruption of that event in my life caused me to go out and start something new. So the title of my talk today is In the Face of Disruption. In the Face of Disruption. So there's a lot of disruption going on in the world today. Have you noticed? <laughs> this, this thing, this pandemic, it is a disruption of sorts for the entire world. There is no spot. On this planet, where this has not impacted this world, the world, the global view of life, there's also in our country this race problem, this, this disruption of, of love, this, this understanding that people's lives matter, black lives matter, brown lives matter, Asian lives matter, white lives matter. But are we looking at it all from a place of understanding that this disruption is necessary? It is absolutely necessary sometimes for people to shout out, well, remember that movie, what was it, Newsroom? Not Newsroom. I forget it, where he was hanging outside the wall, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take, thank you, network. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. That's where we are. That's the disruption we are living in right now. So I want to look at the idea of disruption for a minute. The definition is this, disturbance or problems which interrupt an event, activity, or process. A disturbance or problems, which interrupt an event, activity, or process. So my mother having her final days on this planet was certainly a disruption to me of my life because it caused me to try to figure things out in the midst of such an overwhelming grief. And I've had that opportunity a number of times when my best friend died of AIDS in the, in the 90, early 1980s when my own daughter passed away. So grief is a disruption of sorts. But are we going to understand and believe that this disruption can turn into good if we understand it properly? Can we, and here's my real question, can we ever really, now listen to this, can you ever really disrupt harmony? I know it doesn't feel harmonious right now, the world I know that it doesn't feel harmonious between race relations right now in our country. But can you ever really disrupt harmony if you understand harmony at its core? And the answer has to be no. We can certainly disrupt our experience of it, and we're, whoa, we are are living proof of that. But can we really disrupt harmony? Ernest Holmes said this, Harmony can never become discord. I'm going to say it again. Harmony can never become discord. He says the truth can never produce a lie. Now let's just think about that for a minute. The truth can never produce a lie. You can lie, I can lie, we can see lies, we can experience lies, but the truth can never allow for a lie to be anywhere present. Because the light is the light. The light can't turn into darkness. We can dim the light and create lies and create experiences that we're living, that we don't have to be living, but we can never really eliminate the truth. And he says this, he says, I love this quote, We cannot contract the infinite, but we can expand the finite. Do you know what that means? It means I can never make God smaller. I just can't. I can never make this thing called life smaller. I just can't. But I can certainly expand my experience of it. And if I want to put my mindset into the disruption that's going on in this world right now, I can live it out loud. And I can expand it so much that I become this discord. I become the angst. I become the anger. Now, that's not to say I'm not going to speak my word. But as Ernest Holmes says, speak it from love. Love only. Come from love. Yes, say what you see. I said it the other week. See something, say something, do something. And for those of you that misunderstood me, as a couple people have asked me, did I, in, did, was I implying you should go out and get into arguments and fights? The exact opposite. See something, say something, and the doing is do something from love come from love. Show me your way of looking at what's going on where you expand the infinite. You can't contract it. Where you don't just expand your horrible experience of what may be going on right now. You have that power. That's the power we have in mind, in heart, in soul. So, it's very easy for us to get caught up in the relative. So I want to ask you something. What's going on right now? What are you caught up in? Honestly, if I answer one more question about the pandemic, it's like my head is going to explode because everyone is caught up in this pandemic. And yet, compassion and love surrounding this thing is the thing that's going to heal it. It's going to reveal the truth about it all and the good will come because the good's already here in the midst of it. It just depends on what are you willing to focus on? Where are you willing to put your mind? We know in quantum physics that what we focus on expands. Energy expands as it is being realized. So what are you caught up in? you got to answer that for yourself. What are you caught up in in your life right now? And What are we doing in the face of disruption? How are we behaving in the face of disruption? And we're about to go into a presidential election that is not, it is unparalleled to anything we've ever gone through before. I've been through, I don't know how many elections I've been through in my lifetime, but many at this point. I have never felt the divisiveness, the division that this particular election is bringing forward. Your job, should you choose to take it, is to find the peace, find the love. Know what you know, but come from love. So in the face of this disruption, are you gonna be out there screaming, fighting with one another? No, you can't. Just because someone's gonna vote for someone else? No, there cannot be hate in that. There cannot be divisiveness in that. There can only be love. Can there be a difference of opinion? You bet your, you bet, you bet. I'd say you bet your ass there will be differences of opinion. But where there shouldn't be differences, in knowing that the person with the different opinion is still God speaking, no matter what. No matter who's talking, God is speaking. It doesn't have to be your opinion. And you get to say your opinion. And you get to say what you believe. And you get to vote what you want to vote to make the changes you want happen. You get to do all of that. But in the face of disruption, what are you going to do as we move through the rest of this year, as the pandemic continues to swell, as this political climate continues to heat up? So, John Livesey, uh, who's a member of our center, uh, sent me an article for me to read. And as soon as I read it, I was like, yeah, I instantly c- pulled the quotes I want and put them into this talk before I even thought about this talk this week. And it is a quote by um, Austin Mayor Steve Adler. And he says this, Sometimes the great sea changes in direction and inertia necessary for us to fundamentally and transformationally change a society's future happen only because of great disruption. And then he says, Only when our current dreams seem shattered are we forced to dream anew, to see our world and ourselves differently. He says, when we can no longer do what we've always done, we can realize the dawning of a new day and focus on new dreams. When we can no longer do what we've always done, don't you think it's time for us to stop living in our limited versions of ourselves? Don't you think it's time that we all realized that every single Cell of energy in this universe is the creative force of life, and it's all in me bubbling up. It is who I am, it's what I am. Don't you think it's time for us to dream new dreams and stop trying to recreate what we've already al- always had? Don't you think it's time for us to stop fighting for the status quo and start moving into an unlimited perspective of who we are? Disruption we can thank for that because right now our world is pulled in a million different directions it is shattered in a million different pieces and you know what that's a good thing because it was time to demolish that house it was time to break down that house wouldn't it have been horrific if i had torn down my house and then built the same house again who does that nobody does that So why do we do it in life? Why do we tear things down and then fight tooth and nail to keep it the way it was? We don't need the world to be the way it was. We need the world to grow up. We need people to start seeing people as God. We need people to start loving unconditionally and stepping from that love into what wants to happen in this world. So, the dawning of a new day he says focus on our new dreams. So on Friday during spirit breath meditation I um I had a whole spirit breath planned and then in the midst of the opening I said the word passion and the whole spirit breath changed. I decided to make the theme passion. And as I did the theme I literally felt my body raising because it's spirit breath. It's it's the Um, continual circular circular movement of breath through the body that brings an awareness to the body. It's an amazing uh, spiritual practice. But as I kept speaking of passion and where it's coming from and what it is, I was literally, literally blown away by what was coming through me and how I felt when it was over. Anne Monahan, many of you know Anne. She, she, I unmuted her because she, she was raising her hand. She went, "I feel like I don't know where to turn first to, to go into my life today," and and that's where we can be if we want to, but that means we have to stop paying attention to the demolition and start paying attention to the architect inside that's building a new home for ourselves. And that home had better be made with passion. It had better come from that thing in you that's not going to be okay with the same old, same old. That's not going to be okay with the status quo. That's not going to be okay with the religion that's been telling us the same thing for 2,000 plus years and along the way missed the point of what it was saying in the first place. It is time for us to break all of those barriers down and to say to ourselves i am ready for a new world a new life a new understanding a new relationship to myself to my career to my to my to my health to my to my intellect to my emotions to all of it that is where we are now steve jobs said this you have to be with an idea or a problem or a wrong that you want to write. If you're not passionate enough from the start, you'll never stick it out. So what are you passionate about? What are you passionate about in life? Tomorrow night, Monday night on Let's Talk, our theme is passion versus purpose. And we have an amazing guest, Kelly Lang, newscaster, first woman to ever be paid a million dollars an episode for her work as a newscaster, breaking that glass ceiling for women. She's going to be our guest on Let's Talk to talk about this idea of passion versus purpose and where they come from. So what are you passionate about? And if your answer is nothing, then you better get into my spirit breath meditation and start breathing in who you are and start understanding. Passion is not just something Emma and Will have have, or, or maybe Kevin has, or certainly Andrea has. Passion isn't just something for them. Oh yeah, they're all passionate. Passionate is who you are. Passion is who you are. You want to build a new home? Get in touch with that passion and build a new home. Build not a new you. Go back to the authentic you. Go back to the you that you have always been, but we've put so much stuff in front of it. Dale Carnegie said this, Most of the important things in the world have been accomplished by people who have kept trying when there seemed to be no hope at all. So for those of you out there who have spoken to me and said that it does feel a little hopeless, for those of you who feel the political landscape looks hopeless, or who feels that this pandemic leaves you feeling constricted or limited, I am here to tell you today, passion Find your passion. Find what is inside of you to be passionate about. And, and, be willing to look at all of this disruption out here as the very thing that happens right before the good appears. Ernest Holmes said, Harmony cannot be changed into discord. There is harmony everywhere I look, because I see the harmony. As the wrecking ball goes in and knocks down the building, I see the harmony of growth. I see the harmony of innovation i see the harmony of passion at its best ready to break down what no longer serves me and build up the truth of who i am so william pollard said learning and innovation go hand in hand the arrogance of success is to think that what you did yesterday will be sufficient for tomorrow i want you to hear that line the arrogance Of success is to think that what you did yesterday will be sufficient for tomorrow. Why do you think churches are just falling apart all over the world? Because they're still trying to serve us church, church, the way we grew up with it. It needs a full renovation. This needs a full renovation. And I, I work my best to change it up as much as I can to just constantly ask, what's new? What's needed now? Where do we need to go now? And now? Great. Oh, that's very successful. And now? So I love that he said the arrogance of success is to think that what you did yesterday is enough for today. It's not. Today is a new day. So I'm going to close again with this, uh, the mayor of Austin. I'm going to close. I'm looking for his name again. (laughs) Where is it? Austin Mayor Steve Adler. I just didn't want to not say his name again. I'm going to close with one more quote of his. (sighs) Just take a deep breath. He says, The time is now. The drumbeat is growing. The time is now to ensure we exit this time as a more just city than we were when we entered and I would say a more just world than we were when we entered. And he says, we can do this if we're not scared to think big. This is the moment to define who we are. We should dedicate ourselves to doing justice and not in little ways. And then his last sentence is this, shame on us if we rebuild systems as inequitable as they were before. Shame on us if we rebuild systems as inequitable as they were before. And I'll move away from the word shame, because I certainly have no interest in shaming anyone or myself. But it would be a sad day if we let everything happen that's happening right now, and we don't learn from it. We don't grow from it. We don't find the good in it. We don't give ourselves the opportunity to bring love everywhere we go. That's who you are. That's who I am. That's what we can do. We can love only. We can then forgive everything. Get rid of it. Be done with it. And then we can remember who we are. In every situation, no matter what the conversation is, no matter who is bringing it to us, no matter who is disagreeing with us, never forget. God is speaking no matter who is talking. And God is speaking no matter what pandemic is raging, no matter what political landscape is blowing up, God is speaking. Our job is to listen. And once we listen, speak the truth. Because the truth can never, ever have a lie involved in it. Namaste. Hi, this is Dr. James Mellon, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message and ask you for your support. Your tax-deductible donation to Global Truth Center ensures that we can continue to provide you with this form of inspiration each week. To make a contribution now, please visit our website at globaltruthcenter.org. Again, thanks for listening. Namaste.